Hey everybody, welcome to Journey of the Roadrunner. I'm Paul Stressner, Rhode Islander on the journey to run a race in all 50 states. Joining me is my friend and personal trainer, Adriana Ferns, and together we strive to inspire you to live a healthier, happier life by exploring the transformative power of running, both physical and mental wellness, as well as personal growth. Our podcast covers a wide range of topics, including fitness, nutrition, mindfulness, and self-improvement. We invite a diverse range of guests to share their insights, including authors, podcasters, athletes, and individuals who are making a difference in Rhode Island. Journey of the Roadrunner aims to inform, entertain, and motivate our listeners to embark on their own journeys towards optimal health and well-being. Now let's get the show on the road. Hey everybody, it's Paul here. And there's no Adriana, so um, but we have like an awesome guest here. But first, I should mention that this past week um, was the Boston Marathon, and uh, and I I went, and I think I'm like the hardest working person that ever went there because I was ringing the bell like I had a cowbell, and I was ringing like nonstop. My arm got so tired, and I even had to switch arms one time. So it was a lot of work, and. I don't know. I can't imagine anybody who worked as hard as me, but I think our guest may have. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to introduce you to Carrie Nelson, Boston Marathon finisher, 2023. Yes, woo. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. I um, originally found you from um, from the Diz Runs radio of Denny. Yeah, okay. with- coach. My coach. Yeah, he's also your coach. Yeah, yeah. 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 And I'm like a um Diz run, runs um alumni too from mm-hmm. I was on like 2015, 2016. I don't even know if those are available anymore. I think they're still there because he's said a couple of times you can go back and you can like check out all my stuff that I have and go into the archives and so I bet they're still there. He's got a mom. Oh, oh baby, yeah, but yeah, don't pay attention to me though because <laughs> this is 2015 I'm, so, I'm gonna run all 50 states in the next five years I'll be done in 2020 so yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh things change yeah right right uh, yeah no coach is great I, I love Denny and I I always uh, I give him mad props for dealing with me because I'm just like always throwing him curveballs like I'll be like I'm going to do this. And then like a couple of weeks later, I'm like, I'm going to add this to my calendar. And oh, by the way, like Killington's coming up for Spartan. And I think I'm going to do that in between like marathon training. And he's just like, oh my God, like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> he's a good guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had done a, like a, this is before I was podcasted. I think I had done a written interview with him. And then, um, yeah, then he asked me to come on. So it was actually one of the first podcasts I was ever on. So, yeah, yeah. So awesome. I should have him on mine. But um, so how are you feeling now? Or like almost, what, five days after as yeah. we're recording this? You know? um, feeling pretty good. Uh, I, let's see, I cramped, my quad cramped at like mile 20. Um, so just as like I was starting to climb up heartbreak, I started to feel like some stabbing pain in my knee. Um, and so in true carry fashion, like I rolled up onto the medics station and was like, my, my legs cramping. Do you have any biofreeze? And they're like, we don't have biofreeze, but we can give you like a leg massage if you want that. And I was like, I'm not getting a massage. Like I'm like 10 K from the finish. Like if I stop now, like I'm not getting back up. I was like, does any of the medic stations have anything? And they're like, yeah, down the road, there's another one. They should have it. So like every mile I was like, just like spraying it. So I couldn't feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a result, uh, my knee, my knee's a little janky, like it's getting better every day, but it's definitely was a little bit swollen, uh, for the last couple of days, but all in all, like I'm feeling pretty good. I went for my first like walk this morning and uh-huh. did um some strength training with my personal trainer um and all that stuff went well but yeah all in all not too bad stairs were a little rough the first couple of days yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah I've um yeah I've heard from other people about that like after doing the, at least the Boston probably any marathon <laughs> time with stairs so, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah going up isn't bad it's coming back yeah. down that's the, the hard part there's something about just like that movement as you're going down the stairs I had to take them sideways and even that it was like step down take a second Stop. step down <laughs> yeah so, <laughs> yeah 
or maybe I don't know how it would be like going backwards, like you know, kind of like mm. backwards crawling down. To... Right, right. <laughs> I have no shame. I would do that. <laughs> uh, so uh, yeah, and this was your first Boston. Right? First yeah, Boston, yeah, yeah it's a pretty big deal. Um, I my backstory is I have cerebral palsy, so I actually used to go to um, Children's Hospital in. Boston. Um, they're the ones that diagnosed me with my CP and then they sent me over um, to Shriner Springfield. So Boston, beyond being my hometown where I grew up, um, they're the, kind of the ones that set into motion my diagnosis and got me to where I needed to be. Um, and I was in Boston when all the Boston bombing stuff happened. I was working at Emerson College at the time. So um, experienced all of that. So just being in that city, uh, and running that race was so special to just being, be in that moment with everybody. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you you do like, um, like physical therapy for the CP and all that, or, um, so when I was younger, uh, I, I used to do CP, uh, CP, I used to do physical therapy all the time when I was younger, um, and then as I grew up and went to college, I was like, I don't need physical therapy. Like I got this under control. Like my Shriners took care of me. They, they hooked me up. Um, so I kind of like stopped wearing my lift that I probably should have wore, uh, throughout my twenties and didn't do it stupidly and started going back into personal training versus physical therapy. And I have found that I've made a significant more amount of progress doing uh, personal training and strength training than I ever did with physical therapy. Not to say that physical therapy isn't helpful. It does help. Um, I just find for my body being active and moving those muscles mm -hmm. and all that stuff has propelled me so much more forward than the little tiny baby steps I used to take with my PT. Mm -hmm. Yep, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, yeah. So how did, how did, I was going to say, like, how did you prepare for this? But you also do, I don't think we mentioned this yet, but you also do like obstacle course racing too, on top of everything. <laughs> <laughs> I do it all. <laughs> um, yeah. I, how did I train? Um, I, so one of the things that Denny and I talked about last year, way back uh, when I Boston qualified at the cheap marathon in uh, Derry, New Hampshire is where I got my BQ last April, um, was how we were going to manage OCR life and marathon life, because both of them are such a huge part of my world. I love them both equally. Um, but they're in, in my world, two very different ways that I approach it just because of my cerebral palsy and all that. So we made the decision that from April until after OCRWC, which was in September after Killington. So Killington was first and then OCRWC. So after OCRWC that we would switch over to uh, road racing, except for Fenway, we threw Fenway in there, but that's like kind of in between. So I raced OCR and did all the things I needed to do to prepare for Killington, which was a lot of elevation gain. Um, I would go, we have a, a skiway that's like probably like five miles from our house. And I would just climb up and down the skiway over and over and just doing repeats, knowing Killington very well. This is last year was my fourth year doing the beast. So I'm well <laughs> versed on what comes with the territory for Killington, which is an insane amount of elevation gain. Focused on trail running, focused on uh, climbing, um, deadlifts, mobility, all that stuff in my arms and legs. Um, and then after OCRWC, I ended up actually injuring my arm at OCRWC and um, switched over to road racing from there and strictly did mileage for a marathon on the pavement and kind of took any risk of twisting an ankle, which I actually ended up doing at Fenway, oh, oh, geez. <laughs> which knocked me out. <laughs> and it was so silly too, because I had ran age group for like my time, like, I, cause I love running competitive. It's like one of my favorite things to do. I never place in the top 10, but 
I just, I love the challenge of, of running competitively. Um, so I did really well for my age group. And then I went out with my daughter for a fun run and I was just running along letting her go ahead and was just taking in just watching her go. And I lost focus for like one second and tripped on a stair and uh, rolled my ankle. Oh, geez. And so that knocked me at my marathon training out for probably four weeks. Oh, yeah. wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it was a good one. Um, so after that healed, it was pretty much just getting back on, um, on the road and starting running. Um, Disney was kind of like my kickoff. Disney marathon was my kickoff to marathon training. So Denny's approach was just go have fun with it. Um, uh, enjoy it for what it is. So I kind of ran it, stopped for characters, um, you know, rode Expedition Everest halfway through the marathon, did all the fun <laughs> things. I think it took me like six and a half hours, but it was a blast. Um, so that was, was like that the, the one kickoff. was that the one in January? Yeah, yeah, yep, that yep. was in January. Yeah. So that was kind of like the kickoff, and then things got like more serious and just like focusing on increasing my mileage from like 30 miles a week to 40 miles a week, and then trying to sustain like 45 to 50 mile weeks towards the end of it leading into Boston. So it's kind of like this build up. And so now that Boston's over, we'll transition back over to OCR again for a couple of months before we have to transition back over again to New York City because I got into New York's lottery this yeah, year. Oh, that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so is that that is that gonna be a, oh no you did Chicago too, right? Yeah, I so, did Chicago yeah. in um, 2019 was my first one. Yeah. I got in through the lottery for that one. That was kind of just a, oh, this is cool. I'll see if I like get in. And, and I got in and I was like, all right, well, it looks like we're running a major. That's that's quite a step up from Disney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit more pressure, um, but it was cool. And majors are cool because Disney is so much fun. And like any race is, is a lot of fun, but there's something about those majors that just takes it to a whole new level. Like it's just the energy on course and just the amount of people that are around you, the, just cheering for you and like shouting out your name and just telling you you can do it and throwing random food at you to like, (laughs) you know, (laughs) like there's something that's just really magical about um, the majors that, that you can't match with any other marathon. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah, let's go through your whole experience. So you, you got there. Did you get there like a day or two ahead of time? You and um how was the expo? Yeah, so I uh I got there, let's see, I went there Friday because I had a classification appointment with the para uh team to get my classification uh for several policies. So mm-hmm. they they finally were able to officially classify me as a T37 para athlete. So that was Friday and we did that and then went over to the expo. Uh, it was late enough in the day and not as many people had arrived yet for Boston. So we kind of okay. just really, you know, missed that morning crowd craziness and like hit it just right that we never stood in any of the lines um, that you saw pictures of during the week. Um, so we went and got the bib, which was easy. They had a special room for, uh, adaptive athletes to pick up their bibs. Oh. So we went and we did that. Uh, and then we went into the expo. I will say it was a lot smaller than what I was anticipating the expo being like mm-hmm. in terms of like, after being at Chicago or even Disney, like it was much more, um, tame in comparison to those other ones were. So we did the expo. And then my daughter came down for the 5k day and she stayed with us for the rest of the weekend. So we kind of like walked around Boston and ate a lot of like good food at the North end and like, (laughs) you know, all the desserts. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it was a nice, like ease into marathon. Cause I get, I get such anxiety on race day. Like as the days mount, like I just get more and more anxious getting towards it, which I don't understand at this point, why it still makes me anxious because I've done it. Like so I know many, that yeah. it's just I build it up in well, my head. Well, this is different. This is a different one too. So right. yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And it was overwhelming. Like, you know, they put the adaptives 
uh, for the 5k, they had me in the para wave so that they could like monitor me in competition to see how I ran. And so they were like, just stay to the right because the people behind you are going to leave like 30 seconds after you. And like, you look behind and there's just a sea of runners and yes. you know that their pace is like a five minute pace, right? <laughs> I am not a five. Minute pace. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, we're going to run real fast when we get out the gate on this one. Um, so I, Denny actually, he hasn't called me on it yet, but like, our plan for the 5k was to run it casually and to have a shakeout run. And I ended up going out like a crazy person. And I think <laughs> I ended up running like a 945 wow. minute average, which is really fast for me. Um, <laughs> he hasn't caught on yet, which is great. <laughs> and he can't say anything because I still PR'd Boston. So, right. uh, but my best friend was like, what did you do? And I was like, I don't know. I'm in so much trouble. I don't know. <laughs> He sees that I can already hear Miss Nelson. Like, <laughs> I was looking at your Strava and this is not what our plan was. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so it was it was really intimidating being around um, such fast athletes. I was just it, it was it was really intimidating and kind of like that imposter syndrome. Oh, right. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. yeah. I, you know, <laughs> like in a race with the best of the world. So, right? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like as a spectator, like uh, when the waves would come, it, I don't, it must have been those like 30,000 people that made it. So it was like thousands of people running by. It was like a herd of, like, mm -hmm. it reminded me of like a lion king in that, in that scene. <laughs> when yeah. Boston gets run over. Yeah. That's what it yeah. reminded me of. Like all those runners, like, and it's like endless. Of mm -hmm. It was runners. so funny because it, it just outside of Framingham is when that next wave kind of like started to fill in. And Olivia and uh, her aunts were like, we're like, on the left hand side and I was like there is no way <laughs> if, I get, if I try to make the move I'm gonna get run over run by over. all these people so I missed them um in Framingham because like the, it was just wall-to-wall -wall people and just it was overwhelming to try to even think of attempting to like get over to that other side Oh, that I was afraid again too. So, uh, mm -hmm. too uh, maybe they were like right near me. Could have had them yeah. <laughs> stay with me, stay the way around the right side. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right. And the um the the tracker like there's an app for the Boston Marathon, and I don't think they had that last year when I went. And yeah, so I was able to track you. So I saw that you were starting to get close. So I'm like. I'm like scanning all the shirts, like looking, <laughs> looking, looking for your number. Right. Seven five four five. Seven five four five. Yeah. Oh, I see. See, I still yeah, remember. You are better than me. I had to like keep on looking on the track, and they were like, "What's your bib number?" And I was like, "Hold on, let me look." Well, it's because like I was scanning, looking for that number. I was like, "Oh, I hope she didn't go by yet." And, mm -hmm. and then like uh, then I saw you coming, so yeah, mm -hmm. I got to see you. Seven five. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I guess I think that was like around the. 10k mark because i didn't yeah. realize there's a water station over there too yeah it's just uh, yeah it, yeah it's about 10k and i was like there's a lot of people around me right now and they're running yeah. really fast, fast. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i uh i had a, the tracker is really cool um because i had i had you know you were tracking me like olivia and her aunts were tracking me we had i had people um and uh clint lowry's discord tracking me uh like <laughs> <laughs> like you know they were tracking john too who was running from seven to us so like like i had like you know my updates going on on like where the people i was tracking was and then like i had my garmin going off like with text messages from everybody be like yeah. she's going past this point and i was like wow it's really like on point and accurate yeah like, yeah <laughs> where like i actually am so yeah it's cool that, yeah, it had um, the estimated time when you would be coming by and everything mm -hmm. so yeah yeah mm -hmm. but yeah. let's not just skip past that um you were running with um members of like one of your favorite bands. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I um I John Conley is a beast. Like he is just incredible. Um, he is the type of guy that like trade like studies the course. Like he he signed up for the Boston and for a take a chance for charity for Massachusetts Down syndrome is what he was raising money for. And um, the moment he accepted that charity, um, he started researching the course 
figuring out like where he needed to be, what he had to train for, like the whole nine yards. Uh, He ran triathlons or did not run, still runs triathlons, I'm sure, but uh, he usually runs triathlons. Um, This is only like his second marathon that he's ran. Um, And so... (laughs) (laughs) His goal, I think, was like a like a three twenty, and I think he pretty much nailed that out of the park. I said to Clint, I was like, he'll he'll probably catch me like mile eighteen on heartbreak, and I was pretty pretty close with my math on where he passed me. And Clint was like, in the Discord, was like, I wonder if they saw each other, and I was like, they did not see each other. (laughs) (laughs) It was like Harry was in her head big time at that point. But it was really cool to, you know, run in his footsteps. And I've been a huge Seven Dust fan for um, the better part of 25 years. Um, And I've gotten to know the guys really well and uh, respect uh, John as a guitarist and as just an amazing athlete that he is. He's a machine, absolute machine. Clint's a machine too. And I, we've tried to convince him to, to run it, but he's more of that 10K half marathon distance beast. But he's mm-hmm. just as fast as John is. Um, so that was it was really cool to be in a race and like run ahead of him and then run in his footsteps towards the end of it. And to have um, them cheering me on was pretty cool. Had you met them before? Yeah, I met yeah. them. Um, so we're like we're I'm really close with Clint. Uh, one, because I belong in his Patreon group. So I like oh. a couple of years ago, he started a Patreon and all all of us were like oh this is a great place to like meet Clint and like get to know him and listen to him play guitar and whatever and we've become like this big family like he calls us um his walkers now because he has this song that is on one of his uh solo records called uh walk in the streets and it's just like that you'd love it it's like a spoof on 80s music. oh okay I'll have to check that out <laughs> I'll send you it it's like it's like a hidden track um at the end of one of the albums but it's Uh called walk in the streets and like uh so all of us started to joke on the first day that we were in the patreon and so now we're known as his as his walkers and so (laughs) (laughs) um i know clint really well now and and i'm I'm grateful for that because he is one of the humblest guys that you will ever meet and he's super kind and literally will give you the shirt off of his back and like is always like spoiling the heck out of Olivia whenever he sees her and oh, so sweet. Yeah. the rest yeah. of the guys are just as amazing. Morgan loves Liv and John and LJ and Vinny are all just, they're all hardworking, you know, guys just trying to make really good music and mm-hmm. enjoy the ride as they go. And they're all family men and all that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh, like one of the technical questions I asked was going to ask was, um, uh, what what kind of fuel do you use? Like, I'm not all that familiar, but I know it's probably something Adriana would be <laughs> asking about. <if> she was <laughs> um, fuel is such a good question. Um, so I am terrible when it comes to gels. Um, I mm-hmm. had a goo, a bad goo experience <laughs> when I ran Star Wars a couple of years ago when I was running the half and like I hit the back of my throat and like it was bad. Um, so I don't do goos anymore. Um, I do huma gels, which is more of like, um, like a puree kind of f- fruit puree kind of gel. Um, so the apple cinnamon is really good. And there's like a blueberry pomegranate, pomegranate. That's really good. Um, and then my big fuel that I do is, um, untapped, which is just maple syrup. Oh, Okay. Yeah, it's just yeah. and it's it's easy to go down. Yeah, it makes it smooth out. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like you can you can take it in when you're running. Um, it's not something that like I have to slow down and kind of like prepare myself to like ingest it. Like I can right. it's just maple syrup. So untapped uh is what I use primarily for Boston. Uh and then mixed in with some, you know, like sour patch kids and twizzlers and things like that going by. And then in my water pouch. I mix uh, tailwind and water together. And so that way I have a carb that I'm kind of taking in as I'm going along. All right. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Oh, what, what kind of um, shoes do you have? Um, so for training, I run in uh, ultra Escalantes. Um, and then for race day, I run in Nike Vaporflies. 
I have to have shoes that are super late for my, my legs. Cause especially with my left leg, um, the heavier the shoe, the harder it is as the later miles come in for me to lift my leg up. up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, I found while vapor flies are super shoe and are supposed to make you speedy, they're actually really good for somebody with my condition. Cause it, um, it helps me keep my gait even, which I, cause one of my legs is shorter than my other leg. So it allows me to have my stride a little bit more normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so that I'm not working as hard, uh, and keeps my heart rate down a little bit more so that I can just maintain like a steady pace throughout the entire race. So ultra and, and Nikes, I, every once in a while, I'll try something different, but I always like circle back around and then for um for ocr stuff i wear vjs okay yeah awesome yeah i actually just bought a i have to wear hokas now Mm because i have um it helps with my um stability and i have flat feet so (laughs) so like i have a hard time with a lot of different shoes so (laughs) yes yeah so so we're like in the same boat with um needing like specific Mm -hmm. (laughs) shoes and everything yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it's hard like it's just like and the thing that drives me crazy is it hasn't happened with the Nikes yet, but Ultra has is like every single time they release a new variation of the shoe, it's changed. And I'd be like, why did you have to change it? Like mm-hmm. yep. the previous version was great and this one is not so great. I, I want to go back to the other one. And so then I'm like scouring the internet trying to find my old shoe. And <laughs> it gets harder and harder to find them the more you go out. I beat on shoes. Like I'm like I'm so bad with shoes. Like I, my vapor flies that I use for the training cycle for like the last month and a half of Boston, I had completely ripped the sole off like the left side of my shoe. And so like I was in athletes village in the tent, uh, and I wore those shoes to athletes village. Cause I didn't want to, you know, walk in the shoes that I was going to race in. And the lady next to me was like, you're going to leave your vapor flies here. And I was like, they're trash. Like, they're, they're not like and I was like, you can see the carbon plate on these. Like they're no good anymore. <laughs> so yeah. I'm, I'm, shoes are just, I, I go through so many shoes. Like it's so bad. My husband's always like, oh, we've got another Nike box here. And I was like, I use all of my shoes. You can't say that like I'm buying shoes and not using them. <laughs> so yeah. So what was like, um, see, I'm assuming Heartbreak Hill might've been like the toughest part of the race. Did you have like any other? Yeah. Heartbreak Hill was probably the hardest part. Um, which is, it's funny because Hills as an OCR athlete, um, that late in the race shouldn't bother me because we deal with it all the time. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the mix of the cold weather, um, and just, probably hammering a little too hard <laughs> first <laughs> <laughs> the first little bit probably um is what set my leg off uh usually when I get cramps I get them in the back of my leg um in the hand in the hamstrings and then it like kind of feeds over into my kneecap from there so this is the first time that I've had quad pain before and it was it was an experience like I've never felt it felt like knives driving like jabbing into my kneecap like it was like what is this pain so I think it was more just kind of like troubleshooting how I was going to get up and over heartbreak and stabilize myself because I didn't have a salt stick on me, which is usually what I would do to like eliminate the pain at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, no one had pickles on my side of the course. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the people that had anything that had salt in it, I missed because Olive's aunts had my second bottle of carbs with like caffeine and some salt in it. Uh, <laughs> um, so I ended up having to take one of those, um, what the Martin gels that they have on course, which is again, it's that consistency of like, like the goo is. And so I had to like prepare myself to take them. <laughs> It's <laughs> like, okay, right, just need to get this down. Um, so I, I think like no, that last, I think there was like a 15 minute mile in there, and that was kind of like troubleshooting what was the best course of action of how I was gonna get the last 10k um, you know, done and efficiently without losing all the work that I had done. Right. Um 
So the Martin Gel helped um, hammering the rest of my tailwind helped um, and some citrus that I like somebody was passing the oranges. And so I had a couple of those and that helped and that mixed with the biofreeze every mile. <laughs> um, it, it got me to the finish, but um, yeah, that, that, that heartbreak was probably, that was probably <laughs> yeah. the hardest you know, part. It's so funny because it has on the tracker, it, there's also like a graph of like with the, the miles, the minute per mile and everything. And every single person had a, a drop at the same exact yeah, spot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 21 so, so funny. Even the pros. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was, um, I think even John said, John had done his uh, kind of like Facebook rehash for like all his charity supporters. And even he had said, like, you came over heartbreak where you thought that like everything was going to be good and, and like you were going to cruise. And he's like, it was a war zone on the other side. Everybody was cramping. Everybody was just struggling. Cause like you had made it up and then you were going back down again. And that, that rolling Hills, just, it, it got so many people. It was definitely like a, a war zone out there. <laughs> yeah. I've heard that going down the hill was mm-hmm. like, might even been even worse than like going up because yeah. <laughs> you're like, yeah. is like your quads that you're pounding when you're like going. Right. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so like, as I didn't think anything of it, because again, as an OCR athlete, especially someone that really focuses on mountain terrain and really focuses on going up and hammering back down to make up the time that I lost on whatever course it is that I'm doing. I didn't put much thought into that, but after talking to Denny about it, it makes sense because after Fenway, I didn't, I, I haven't touched a trail since worlds like OCRWC was probably the last time I was on a trail. So I haven't barreled down any mountains lately yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and done that extreme, um, thing so I, I think my paws probably just weren't used to all that rollingness mm-hmm. now uh what was your like favorite part of the race or is there any part where you got like emotional like, uh, I, like i'm thinking like the screaming tunnel or there's like another place i think that I mean, people it was like the whole race was just there's so much energy like it just mm-hmm. like the people on the course definitely just carry you along uh and coach had said to me he's like you know run through the towns like wherever there's people you're not going to stop you're gonna you know want to be in that moment he's like but when the crowds die down take your walk break for a couple like a minute and mm-hmm. the problem is is that there's there was no place on that course <laughs> to slow down like every time I'd be like all right like it's time to like take a little bit of a walk break like you'd be in another group of people and like Mm -hmm. high-fiving all the kids and you know just you know cheering and throwing your hands up for people to scream and cheer for you and so the next thing you know I was like 16 miles in I was like I've run this race way faster than I was supposed to run this race. (laughs) (laughs) And again, I can hear coach in my head being like, Miss Nelson, that was not the plan lady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, I think, you know, my favorite part is it was all the people just supporting and, you know, cheering us on. And um, I had a shine down shirt on for my long sleeve that said, it's my day to be brilliant. And so like, everybody was like, it is your day to be brilliant. Like you're going to be brilliant. And then once I got warm enough to take off my long sleeve, I had my burden of the sky, um, just chase the sun and you'll find your way home. And everybody was like, you know, just follow the sun. You're almost there. And I had my name on it and they were all cheering my name. And that was really emotional. And then just like taking that last turn onto Boylston, um, and seeing the finish line and knowing a, that you're going to make it like at this point, like if I had to crawl on my hands and knees <laughs> to make it, um, and two, just like the, the sheer volume of the crowd cheering everybody on, it was just overwhelming and just missing my mom and wishing she had been there to see that after everything that we had gone through with my cerebral palsy and all that, um, wishing that she could have been a part of that. And I know she was like watching from above, but um, just being able to like cross that finish line and hug her would have been really cool. So just like that final turn was just, it was incredible. Incredible and emotional. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I think there's a great picture of me just like sobbing. 
like as I came around the corner and then I was like compose yourself (laughs) and so like I composed myself and like just focused on the finish line and just like pushed myself all the way through yeah plus it's you know something that you see like all the time like on tv whether you're watching the race or just on the news you see that historic Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) Mm -hmm. final straight away there yeah (laughs) yeah and I've done I I've I've walked that course three times for Jimmy Fun. Like I've done the oh. Jimmy Fun walk a couple of times. And, you know, it's emotional taking those final two ter- turns in that respect. But you could never in a million years visualize what it was like on like Boston Marathon Day. Like mm-hmm. to, to take that turn was like I couldn't even begin to have dreamt what it was actually like. It was just it, it, it was so much emotion so surreal like that mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> this mm-hmm. is it yeah. yeah and all the pain goes away too mm-hmm. like everything right. everything that like you've been suffering through and you know questioning and all that like it starts back at Fenway where like you you're finally at that last mile marker and you know like you're like all right like it's one more mile I can do this and so like you start to like forget all the pain that you've been experiencing and that your legs are heavy and they're tightening up and all that and like as you get closer and you just forget it all and then like when you take that final turn it's like nothing else in the world matters except for what's ahead of you Mm -hmm. so amazing Mm -hmm. yeah actually it was a question from me and adriana like she she asked what your favorite post-race meal is and yeah i was wondering what what you do before like do you have anything i'm Uh, sure it's different between OCR and Matt, what you did, what, what you did for this marathon. What did you do? <laughs> so uh, we met uh, one of my good friends um, who actually I used to work with uh, at TV News years ago. She lives down in Boston now. We went over to the North End and went to this great little Italian place on the North End. And I think I ended up having chicken parm uh, with some pasta and then a big, huge plate of mashed potatoes <laughs> with it. Um, I've every ultra that I've ever, um, ran, um, has always had mashed potatoes or some kind of potato variety, um, in the night before food. Uh, it just, it settles well in my stomach. Um, and I usually have the most success with it. So it's usually either potatoes and steak or potatoes and chicken of some variety for the pre-race. Uh, and then morning of um is oatmeal uh a banana and then usually like half a bagel if I can put a bagel down at all usually like by that point like I don't want to eat and I'm like forcing myself to like put something in my system um and then post-race is always uh a beer because like I I try not to drink as much like when I'm not that I drink that much anyways but like I try to like cut alcohol out of my training when I'm when I'm training for something that's like a huge goal so um I haven't drank much in the last since January so nice post-race beer and uh we had steak and vegetables and pasta for dinner that night which was awesome like I was like oh. I don't want anything sweet like all right yeah it's like, <laughs> right. yeah, to do with that stuff during the race yeah <laughs> so it's like no dessert none of that I just want like hearty like good food is what I want and so Filling, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 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 because you after yeah like a little after after a while you probably start feeling really hungry you know? mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. when I first get done like I'll like nibble on whatever they have and the um the packets that they give you for like post-race fuel and I have to give it to Boston like they had like Hawaiian bread inside of their post-race bags for us for the 5k and the the marathon and that was awesome and Run Disney could take some tips from them because (laughs) (laughs) Run Disney's (laughs) box is just it's not that great and like they dipped us out of um out of the Tostito chips 
in January. Like they gave us the fake cheese, but they didn't give us the chips that went, went along with it. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, um, so we had to go buy like a huge bag of like the chips because I just wanted my fake cheese and my Tostitos. <laughs> I was like, this is horrible. Um, yeah, I, I've talked about that before because I did the um, Disney Race. Um, the dark side 5k it was like mm-hmm. the inaugural one yeah. and i think it, it was like almost a hundred dollars back then mm-hmm. to do the race and then you hardly got anything after right. the race i spent like 25 dollars on a local race and they have yeah. more yeah right. I know. <laughs> like i think i did beach to beacon up in maine last year their 10k race and they gave us like uh like they gave us like root beer they gave us like a sandwich like that it was like this whole like spread of food and like I think it cost me $85 to run that race and like dopey cost me like upwards of $700 mm-hmm. to do. And all I got was like this little measly box that had like half the stuff I didn't even want. Cause like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is too sweet. I was like, all I want is my fake cheese and chips. And like, <laughs> you didn't even give me that Disney this time around. So <laughs> yeah, those medals don't cost them $700. Right? Either, so. <laughs> Yeah, and like it's cool running through the parks and, yeah. and all that. Like it's yeah, really cool. It is different. Yeah, yeah. And like being able to do the roller coaster, you know, halfway through a marathon is pretty neat. But like, oh, Disney is an ordeal. It's just <laughs> my friend wanted to run it this year, um, and then she ended up getting an injury, so she couldn't run oh. it. And so I ended up having I wasn't planning on running it, and then got kind of roped into running it. So. I was like, I'm going to do this. And then I'm taking a break <laughs> from Disney because it's just the whole process of like getting up at 2 a.m. Yep. And, you know, like it's just, it's so, and like the expo is always like an ordeal. It's like, it's Disney. It's like everything's an ordeal with Disney. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's never easy. So I, lo- I, but I love the races and I'll go back again and do Dopey again, I'm sure. But I need like a little, little break from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it was um, might have been twenty seven. Yeah, I think it was either twenty sixteen or twenty seventeen was like the last time I did that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm about ready to give it another shot. So, yeah, you forget yeah. like I'll never do princess again ever. Like princess was such a hot mess. <laughs> like I will never do that race again. Um, marathon's my favorite. It, I just I love the the vibe of marathon. Um, I wish they had kept Star Wars. Cause that was a lot of fun. And then wine and dine is a good time, but you never know what the weather's going to be like. Mm-hmm. It can be really hot or it can be really, really cold. cold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the cold down there is different than the right. cold up here. It yeah. really goes through you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nobody like in January it'd be like sitting in the corral and be like, I'm freezing. And like, yeah. like you're in Florida, you can't complain. And I was like, it is cold down here in January. Yeah. Like, yeah it's a different kind of cold. I don't know if it's because of the, the humidity and the dampness it just like goes right through you and yeah it yeah. feels a lot colder than it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> i get it i get it right. the people <laughs> i understand it i get it yeah yeah oh yeah that adriana has some obstacle course um yeah. questions but i i should also but i kind of want to mention like my experience because it kind of reminds me of um when all those runners were like going going by you from the previous that in my first obstacle course race, I um, severely injured my ankle, but I kept Ooh. going anyway. It <laughs> <laughs> like um, downpoured, like it was torrential downpours the night before, so there was water where there mm-hmm. shouldn't have been water. So there was an obstacle where you uh, there's like a whole bunch of barrels in the water, and you jump from one barrel to the next. Mm-hmm. So I made it all the way to the end. So then I had to jump off, and I had to jump off into the water because all it was like all flooded, and uh, my ankle hit a rock. Ooh. Like it, it like hit the rock and twisted at the same time. So yeah. <laughs> but I was okay. with Adriana that so like I just I just kept running because that, <laughs> that's the, the way I am. <laughs> the adrenaline always kicks in and mm-hmm. like it's in those moments that like you're just like, I know I should not be going further right now, but I'm going to do it anyways because <laughs> It's gonna be fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that like like pulling my ankle out of the mud. Right. Like, oh, I probably shouldn't yeah. be doing this, but I kept going. And then I got to um like this big huge um rope net that you had to climb over and then climb on the other side. So I was like halfway up, 
And then the next round of people were coming. And it's like all the fast athletes. And they were all charging up the rope. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like clinging on. And you're just like, oh my God. <laughs> I know. I always get scared on um on A-frame at Spartan races. Like, because like sometimes it's nice and taut, but sometimes it's so loose and you're just sitting there going, I am going to die. But yeah, so Adrian asked, what's the most fun obstacle cross race you ever ran? Oh, definitely Worlds. Um, OCRWC is both the most fun um, race weekend ever and most challenging soul sucking race ever <laughs> um it's just yeah. it's so, that, so that's the world just that's the world champions. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so i've done ocrwc for the last two years uh, i'm not doing it this year because it's out in california um so the last two years has been in stratton so it's just like a hour and a half drive from where we live but that weekend is just full of some of the best ocr athletes that you'll ever see um, the obstacles are always innovative and different and challenging. And unlike Spartan, where like when you're running age group, you get one shot. And if you fail the obstacle, you're off doing burpees with OCRWC it's you try and try and try and try until you get it and then move on. And if you fail or you give up, you get your band cut um, and you just don't place within whatever placing ranking there is. So I think I love OCRWC because it forces you to really like get into the uncomfortable and really try to push yourself to um, achieve the best version of yourself that you can be. And there's no excuse for being, you know, you hop on like monkey monkey bars and you fall off and you're like, oh, all right, well, I'm going to do my 30 burpees and carry on with OCRWC. It's like, you know, you fall off, you get back on, you fall off again, you get back on, you fall off again, and you can be at an obstacle for like an hour and a half, two hours. Yeah. Like (laughs) I, my first year that I ran, um, the 3k course, I was making great time. Like I was like hitting all the obstacles. I was doing great. Uh, and I got back down into the village and Canyon is, uh, one of the obstacles they had down there and Canyon is like rings that go up and then you go back. No, you go down and then go back up and it's lower. So like you don't have the swinging capability that you would on like a regular multi-rig where you have like all that space to really get momentum. Uh-huh. There's none of that. Like it's oh, very low to the ground. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so I ended up staying at Canyon for like two and a half hours, I think wow. just trying and like ripping like, and I probably should have given up like before then. Cause I had a whole week of weekend of racing still to do. Like I still had the 15 K and then <laughs> everything else, but I didn't stupidly and <laughs> like completely ripped up my shoulder trying to get it and didn't end up getting it, but felt sick. Like I felt proud of myself for staying there until like the course closed and like giving it my all until I knew like the course is done, like time limits up, like, you know, you tried your hardest to get through. Um, but I love that. I love that challenge of like, you didn't get the first time. Try again. Like how how, how many miles is it? The 3k course is only like two miles. (laughs) Oh, so that was a 3k. That that was a 3k. Uh, And then the 15k has all the 3k stuff and then extra obstacles and extra climbing that you have to do and, and all of that. So, um, and the 15k is, uh, it will destroy you. Like, (laughs) Like, I always, like, I remember walking on that course and being like, Spartan does not train you for this, like, at all. Like, this is, <laughs> this is the next level of hell. <laughs> um, yeah, I think yeah. Adriana did. Is that the same thing as the Spartan Beast? Yeah. The Spartan around, Beast yeah. World Championship. Because yeah. um, Adriana did that in 2014. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they went with the team and she did awesome in it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I asked her again if that was the one that she said. Yeah, she said yes to the World Championship in 2014. Yeah. You said, boy, was that a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it, I think that's the great thing about OCR is that it, it challenges in a whole different way than like mm-hmm. 
endurance racing, like marathon racing is like marathons are hard. Marathons make you question everything, but like the experience and the mental toughness that I've been able to gain doing OCR, I think has helped me exponentially in my road racing because everything is compared to Killington. Uh, (laughs) I'm always like, this is not as bad as Killington. Like you made it through Killington. I mean, last year, I think we did like 20,000 feet of elevation gain uh, for the beast course. And like, I always compare stuff to that. Like, it's just like, if you can propel your body up and down mountains and, you know, tell yourself that you're going to go and you're going to climb this, even though like your legs feel like they're on pins and needles, you're going to climb again. Um, you can do anything. Um, so I think OCR has toughened me up mentally, (laughs) physically and mentally just made it easier for me to, to push myself. Oh, you know what? You're so right. Because when I hurt my ankle, you know, I ended up finishing the race. Like I did have to skip some obstacles because of my ankle and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, I did finish. It was it was a mile and a half in, so I still had another mile and a half right. to go. And um, yeah, after that, like I felt like I could do anything. Like mm-hmm. I, you know, I had that entry, and I still like kept pushing on. And so if I could do that, I could do yeah. anything. So yeah, yeah, yep. it, it's um. It's incredible, like what you can build in those moments, um, and you carry that with you. Yeah, daughter, yeah, but in your head when you're running, and yeah, yeah. that helps carry you. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> you're just like, you know, like I can do this. Like I, like you know, you think back to what you did, like for you know Killington, for example, or I did the um, the Fayetteville Ultra, um, and just like those moments that you didn't think that you were going to be able to push on, like. Um, in Jacksonville, I tore my hands on multi-rig on the first day of racing. And I was there the entire weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still had, let's see, I tore it on multi-rig. I still had to climb the rope, go across monkey bars, do a tire flip, barbed wire crawl, and and climb over one of the, the, the uh, walls still on the first day with like a torn hand. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And so like, I went to the medic tent after and they're like, Oh God. I was like, I just need you to wrap it up and make it nice and tight. Cause like, I gotta do this all again tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) And so like they wrapped it up and you know, I was, they cleaned it out, which was horrible, like painful because they just doused it in hydrogen peroxide to get all the Uh, stuff out of it. Um, And I got onto the course the next day and it had like been like like really misty and dewy and so by like the second obstacle in like the bandage had been like torn off my hand and like it was exposed again and I was oh. like oh this is great we're just gonna relive everything that we went through. <laughs> <laughs> but you know it does it just it pushes you mentally to to do things that you never thought that you would be able to do um and that carries with you yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sorry. What were you gonna say about Liv? I think you. Were... Oh, uh, Livia did Killington with me. Mm-hmm. She did her first sprint last year at Killington, and um, I had told her, you know, just you know, on the heavy carries, I'll carry the bucket. Like you just walk beside me. Like there's no way that you're gonna be able to lift that yeah. bucket up. And so she did that for the bucket. And the plan was like when we got to the sandbag that like it was the same deal do not take the sandbag this this the sandbag carry was probably the most brutal part of that course because after climbing and descending and climbing you had to take that that sandbag and carry it up a skiway and around and back down again and so i had done my atlas ball carry and she had gone on ahead and i come around the corner and she's like halfway up the ski thing with the sandbag. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> and I was like, this is gonna, this is gonna be a long one. Cause like in those moments as a mom, you're like, I want to take all the pain away from her. I don't want her to like hurt. I don't want her to suffer. And so like I roll up on her and I'm like, do you want me to take your sandbag? And she's like, no, I'm doing this myself. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna go get mine and I'll be right back. Um so we it took us probably 35 40 minutes to do that sandbag carry and i kept on asking her i was like do you want me to carry your sandbag and she was like nope i'm gonna do it i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and she carried that thing the entire 
way up and around and back down. And she did it all by herself. And um, just like that mental toughness of like, I'm going to do this. Like I decided that I was going to do it and I'm going to see it through and I'm not going to give up. It's just, it's another example of just putting yourself into those situations to be the best that you can be. Mm -hmm. She's she's like a mini you. Yeah, (laughs) she is. is. And like, she won't like, if you, you're like, you want help? She's like, no, I don't want help. I'm doing it myself. And I was like, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead. (laughs) You give a shout if you need help and I'll be here. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, actually, um, that I I did another obstacle course race, the, um, Ragged, rugged maniac. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, but the first time I did that one, I fell forward going down a hill. Like before, we even got to any obstacles, and I had my Mm -hmm. arm outstretched, and I ended up fracturing my shoulder socket and knocked it out. But like I, after I had fallen, like I was with Adriana and the whole team and then i kept running anyway so you mm-hmm. sure you want to keep going so, yeah <laughs> so that doesn't look good I, and then, <laughs> yeah and then we got to the um the first obstacle i had to like climb over something but it was almost like like these giant pallets you get all the climb up and the climb mm-hmm. on the other side as soon as i lifted my arm up it was like mm-hmm. in pain so yep. i had to quit that's <laughs> what she made me quit <laughs> Is you know, and the adrenaline's so bad because like mm. you don't feel it. Go feel like, it. When yeah. it first happens, like I had mm-hmm. come off of a rig and had twisted my knee when I came off of it, and probably should have stopped, and I didn't, and crossed the finish, and I was like, I'm fine. Like I even told coach, I was like, oh, like I twisted my ankle or I twisted my knee coming off of monkey bars, but like it doesn't hurt. It's fine. Then we had to like drive home from Florida, mm. and. uh halfway up we got to get gas and like it was swollen i was oh. like i am i am not fine <laughs> there, was some, there was something wrong <laughs> um so yeah that adrenaline like it's great to like propel you through but sometimes you make the worst decisions so probably, like yeah yeah oh yeah yeah we're yeah we're all crazy <laughs> <laughs> Uh, she also asked what the most challenging one was but yeah that sounds like the same one <laughs> uh, probably yeah i mean they all have um things that were challenging about them uh worlds is definitely up there in terms of challenging ones killington always um is just a mental a mental game because there's elevation um the trails are just insanely tricky and steep the there's a swim component in Killington as well. So like you have to like swim out to a bridge, you have to climb a ladder, you have to swing across these little ropes that are attached to the bridge. They call it the Tarzan swing. And then you have to drop back into the water and swim to the shoreline and keep on going. And it's always like eight to 10 miles into the race. So like by then your legs are trashed already. Right. (laughs) And when you get out, like you're definitely climbing again. Like you can always like, I'll never assume that like the climbing is done when you go to Killington. Cause it's not <laughs> like <laughs> there was, we did it in 20, 2019, me and my friend ran it and we were coming down the final like trail. Um, and you could hear the festival music in the background and we're like, we're almost there. This is great. This is amazing. And in my head, I'm thinking we haven't hit <laughs> Uh, Tyro, we haven't hit sandbag carry yet. We haven't hit da, 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 da. and I'm like, I don't think this is the end. And like the ultras are coming through, and the ultras at Spartan races, like you run that course twice. Like that's that's what ultras are. Uh, and so they're like, it's not over. And and like everybody's like, it's almost over. And the ultras like, it's not almost over. <laughs> and so we get down, and sure enough, like you get down to the bottom, and like the the uh the, the festival goes to the right and it's directing everybody to the left and like it is a straight shot up a black diamond oh, you, oh my god like, <laughs> i like it, everybody was just like meltdown at that point and like it was so quiet timing <laughs> that section everybody was just like in their heads angry frustrated like mm. defeated um yeah so like mm, like in killington it's not over until you cross the finish line. Like, <laughs> no, don't trust anything that the map says ever. <laughs> <laughs> 
like yeah. it's lies um like it's just always assume that there's another there's another hill that you have to climb and then you'll be in a good mental headspace um yeah that was brutal <laughs> it was a brutal <laughs> year that was rough and last year like we had like two death marches in there we had like the normal k1 line that we had to climb and that was like the mini death march that they had and then they sent us on the back end which was like off the other side of the mountain and that one was horrible that one was rough there was a lot of cramping that was happening <laughs> yeah so oh amazing yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh yeah i guess we should start wrapping things up mm-hmm. i gotta get to work <laughs> i told that. you like i can go on and on forever and ever and ever <laughs> yeah i know like i <laughs> want to talk music with you and yeah. everything yeah. yeah oh yeah you'll definitely have to come back on yeah and maybe you'll do the train race with us in boston yeah i gotta see i i might be able to i might be able to do that one i gotta look at the calendar and see um i'm taking olivia out to see burden of the sky in illinois that's right around that time so i Uh need to make sure we're back in town for it i think we are i think we're back on like the 17th of may okay it's on the 16th um so yeah but that would be cool to to get to do that and have that be the first race back in the ocr I yeah i haven't done that one yet but mm-hmm. i think adriana said it might not be as bad as like some of the other ones so yeah yeah so. <laughs> it would be a nice little easing i think i'm gonna probably yeah. do savage this year i'll probably do uh new england again this year and i'll obviously hit up killington um and then i'd love to go out to illinois and do um the race ready uh, i think it's um frontline ocr is the one that they do or highlander one of them there's both um but they put on a really good one out there that's really challenging um yeah i'm ready to get back into OCR. i'm like sick of running on the roads <laughs> ready to get on the trails and hang from some some rigs and and have some some good time and all that. <laughs> yeah yeah it's good to mix things up yeah yeah yeah, yeah I, I like doing that yeah yeah and then you get when, when are you gonna start getting ready for the new york one uh so new york is in is november 5th so daddy said that i got a good couple of months that i can kind of like keep my marathon distance like as long as i'm running like between 13 to 15 miles on my long runs um that'll keep me in marathon mode uh and then really start to dive into it probably um in august around that time i'll start to transition back over to new york so i don't know if i'll do the beast at killington this year i might just do the sprint which would actually be really fun to kind of see what i can do on a on a 5k level versus having like the beast the day before and <laughs> run the sprint the next day and like <laughs> it'd be nice to do it on fresh legs um so i, I might only do the sprint that day to kind of keep my well that'll be cool though you can see like you know what kind of time you can get Mm -hmm. with that yeah you can really push yourself like yeah yeah, on fresh legs and everything fresh arms and legs it's (laughs) it's fun because like you can like you know with the sprint it's cool because you you basically have one really grueling climb at the beginning and then you're you're just descending i i love running down mountains like running down mountains is like my favorite thing to do in the world i miss it so much and it's cool to see just I think I love it so much because I, I get so much speed <laughs> I can run like a seven minute mile down a mountain like and I never uh-huh. can do that like normally that's not yeah on a flat road right? yeah <laughs> yeah um, so I think you know I, I think it would be really cool to kind of challenge myself in, in that mm-hmm. area to see what I can do for it uh, so, yeah awesome yeah that. so yeah you have a great year coming ahead so yeah, yeah it's awesome exciting. yeah <laughs> Now, uh, you want to tell people that they can follow you? Yeah. So, you have an awesome Instagram page. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because, like, it's like lives the rock star in that whole situation. Um, she, I've always called, like, if you look at actually uh, hashtag lives a rock star, like, you'll see like all of her pictures from when she was like itty bitty all the way up to now. Uh, so, that's where the running with the rock star came from. So, you can follow me um, on Instagram. It's running underscore with underscore the underscore rock star um on instagram and um i also have a facebook page called every run has a story which is basically kind of like a feeder for all my instagram stuff as well you can follow me on there 
Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. 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 And then you can all follow me at the Roadrunner. It's R H O D E. On yeah, all the socials, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and the website is Journey of the Roadrunner. And yeah, thanks so much for <laughs> coming on, Carrie. I really love talking to you. Thank Definitely you have so to you have to come back me. on again. <laughs> yeah, we can talk about all things like have a whole music section and I can tell you all the stuff that I listen to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, as we were texting about that, because yeah, you know all like the more modern um rock bands and everything, yeah. and I'm like more around the 80s, but I love today's music. It's just a matter of finding them. So yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah burden so. of the sky they're like up and coming i'm telling you they're gonna they're gonna make it big they're they're like they did so well they toured with seven dust last year uh and they made a huge impact i think on their fan base and i think you yeah. this is going to be their year because they're just they're just they're awesome yeah well I'll put links to them yeah. uh, <laughs> on the show notes too yeah i love seven <laughs> dust too they they remind me they don't sound exactly like but they kind of like give me like um extreme vibes like they remind me of the band extreme like mm-hmm. that i don't know if it's like the tone or something i don't know if there's some kind of influence but no i'm sure yeah. i like knowing clint I, I bet if i like go on patreon you're like do you know this and he's gonna be like yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's like he's such like an 80s dude at heart like he's so funny like he, like that's his whole entire like basis is around that and like he shares pictures all the time of like when he was younger and had like his 80s hair that he used to have and like we all laugh because he's got like you know like the beard and the gray hair now like and back then it was like the traditional 80s black long curly hair (laughs) (laughs) that's so awesome it's awesome yeah (laughs) yeah, for sure all right well thank you everybody for listening you know until next time we'll see you out on the road And remember, be excellent to each other. And...